everybody. I'm Tony and Marcolini. Welcome to the podcast. It may interest you to know. Uh, today, I'm super excited. I have a special guest, singer-songwriter Ava Della Pietra. Welcome, Ava. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. I, I mean, the fact that you're 17 and have had a career that most people, uh, a list of accomplishments most people don't have, you know, at the end of their career, I find amazing. Uh, and a tribute to the amount of talent you have. Um, I First thing I have to ask you that I'm, I was really struck by is you play all these instruments, right? Guitar, ukulele, piano, uh, and you taught yourself. Is that accurate? Um, I do have teachers, um, so not entirely um, correct, but I did teach myself ukulele, <laughs> like a lot of my friends. Um, but yeah, I've been taking violin and piano lessons since I was four years old. And then I learned bass um, and guitar for School of Rock on Broadway for my audition. And then I kind of picked up ukulele along the way. <laughs> well, so I guess you have a passion for music that's been there right from the start. Right. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Same thing with singing. I've been singing pretty much my whole life. <laughs> I find that sometimes the, the best musicians, right, you'll hear that story, like they, they, they've been humming tunes from, from the crib. Uh, so I, I guess that it's in your blood. It's just, it's what you're, you know, it's where your talent lies. Now, you've also done something that, again, most people never get the opportunity to do. You were part of the cast of School of Rock. On Broadway, right. on Broadway, which, you know, was a major production here in New York. How, how old were you when that was happening? So I joined the original cast of School of Rock when I was 10. And then I was in the cast for about two years. Do you remember auditioning for that? I do. I do. Um, my first audition, um, I just sang a song of my choice. And then I got a call back and they asked me if I knew how to play bass guitar. And I didn't. <laughs> so I learned, and in four days, I learned how to play Teacher's Pet, which is one of the songs I'm in School of Rock. And I learned how to play it for my audition, and I booked the role. Oh, amazing. <laughs> now, tell me, describe for me the first time you walk out on a Broadway stage. I mean, I would think, I, I would think that had to have been amazing. Oh, so much fun. I remember because um, I was a um, swing, which is an understudy for multiple roles. Um, so I was a swing in School of Rock. So I didn't perform um, for the first two months or so of um, the show because nobody was getting sick right at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then um, I found out about a few hours before the show started that one of the girls ha um, had a cold <laughs> and she wasn't going to be performing that night. So we quickly called up everybody that I knew, all my friends and family, and tried to get them out into New York City so they could see my first performance on Broadway. And it was as um, one of the backup singers named Marcy. And you remember the first time you stepped out on the stage? Were you more excited or nervous? Definitely both. I was a little bit nervous because I hadn't completely finished learning the role at that point because um, I covered six roles and... Um, the blocking and the choreography were still changing a lot of the time. So I wasn't completely sure um, which role was which at that moment. So some of it was improvisa um, improvisation. And then a lot of it was just kind of working on my feet at the very beginning. But of course, like over time, I got used to the different roles and um, 
it was just magical every time I went on stage. A lot of the times I didn't find out that I was going on until a few minutes before the show started or a few times in the middle of the show, I would have to go on. Well, still, that's that's just amazing. I think to be, you know, to be so young and to be part of a Broadway show, uh, people audition their, their whole lives over and never get cast, so... Yeah, I've been very fortunate for sure. And it's just been such a great experience to learn how to perform and um, interact with different types of people. Sure. I mean, you you also, you were part of the, I think the touring cast for Les Miserables, correct? Yes, that was when I was seven. Um, so I joined the Broadway National Tour of Les Mis and I went to 27 cities in nine months which was so fun for seven-year-old me. <laughs> <laughs> sure, most kids are worrying about, you know, getting, getting the right, the, getting their homework done that night. <laughs> You're hopping planes and touring with a, with a show. Yeah. Amazing. So I have to bring you to, because you, you, you create a lot of the music you sing, uh, right? Because I, I don't think you actually have any other songwriters. Don't, don't you almost exclusively perform your own work? Yes, definitely. I, um, all the songs that I've released, I've written myself. Um, I'm getting more into co-writes now, um, just to give me some experience with that sort of thing. I recently recorded a song with one of my friends and um, that'll hopefully be released somewhat soon. But yes, pretty much all the songs that I've released so far have been just me. And it's been really great because I have a lot of autonomy when it comes to the message that I'm trying to spread. And then also, the type of style I'm looking for. And I collaborate with the producer, which is great for the production and then um, the aftermath of the recording. So I love to focus on creativity um, here on the podcast. And what, I mean, what does the creative process look like for you? I mean, you want to write music and what does that look like? I mean, I, I, I interviewed, um, uh, Graham Russell from Air Supply a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, actually. And he said, when I want to write a song, I, I literally have to just go write it spontaneously. I can't figure out what I want to write ahead of time. There's no theme popping around in my head. And like the guitar is over there. And like when I get to it is like when I create right there in the moment. Um, does that, is that what creativity looks like for you? Or are you thinking about themes and relationships and things you want to talk about long before you ever start, you know, write, actually writing the music? Yeah, good question. So I guess um, most of the songs that I write, um, I usually write them pretty spontaneously if I get inspired by an experience I just had or something. Right. Um, and then in the moment, I'll feel a certain emotion or um, I'll usually come up with the title of the song first because that kind of sums up the message I'm trying to spread. Um, and then from there, I'll sit down at the piano usually and play a few chords. And then I'm able to improvise a melody and just kind of ad lib over the chords. And then from there, I'll write out a few lyrics just on my phone and um, then I'll create a song. But there are definitely moments where I'm just like really in the mood to write a song. So, I have a little notes app on my phone that are song ideas and I'll look back at that and try and put myself in the mindset of what I was feeling at that moment so I could write a really genuine song. So you'd say the spark for the majority of your music comes from a real life experience and or some observation of somebody else going through uh, some emotion or the like. 
Yeah, most of my songs um, that, or most of my favorite songs have been written kind of in one go um, within maybe 15, 20 minutes. Those are where my favorite songs come from because I think they're the most natural and it's when I get the most inspiration. So yeah, yeah. pretty much um, there has to be a spark most of the time for me. So you're sparked by a particular uh, feeling, emotion that either you're having, or again, maybe somebody is talk you're talking to is sharing with you. Uh, and you right. just, and you kind of say, this is, this is going to be a song. And then you're able to sit down and put it together. Right. Right. So a lot of the time when I'm at school, I'll have some of that spark, right? <laughs> when I'm in one of my classes or something, and I'll just record really quickly, um, whatever melody or lyrics come to mind. And then I'll usually go to the piano at school and kind of um, start writing the song. And then when I come home, I, I finish it up. Um, but during the summer, that's kind of the time where most of my songs get finished on the spot because I'm not in school or I'm not doing um, that much else. And yeah, the summer is definitely the most prolific time for me. Same thing with quarantine. That was a great oh, time for songwriting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you kind of, you know, it's forced to be in a location for a particular period of time, I would guess. Yeah. So, so now you've performed in so many different venues, right? You performed, I want to say, during the, the Knicks um, at, the, at Madison Square Garden during a Knicks game, right? You were uh, in the Tony Awards, you performed. Uh, those are some major stages. I mean, a source when we talked about Broadway. Um, one, I guess I have a two-part question there, a compound question. Yeah. Was there any venue uh, among the among these major venues that you know that that you you loved that you felt more inspired by when you were in the venue about to perform? And two, was or any of these venues, did you have a moment at any of those, these venues when you're like, wow, I'm, I'm in Madison Square Garden, like where you were just struck by the reality of where you are? It was so funny because I remember performing at Madison Square Garden very vividly because um, I was performing the national anthem for a Knicks game. And there's a big clock in the middle of the, um, I guess in the middle of the field or whatever, or the, the court. court yeah. And yeah, there's a big clock and it counts down the seconds before I was going to sing. And I remember getting really nervous. I never get nervous before I perform, but I was getting nervous because I was like watching the time go down. I was like, oh my God, in a few seconds, I'm going to have to sing this in front of all these people. And then I specifically remember it getting down to like three seconds and it counted down and all my nerves just like completely left me and I was totally fine for the performance. But that was a really bizarre experience and also a really great feeling because it made me realize that even though sometimes I get nervous when I perform, like in the end, I really love what I'm doing and it's pretty natural. So Madison sure, I mean, Square Garden. And, and, and you had to have that minute, I would think, when you're like, I'm at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, definitely. That was an amazing venue, especially with all the people. Um, and also singing the national anthem was always fun. Um, but yeah, one moment that I realized that I really loved what I was doing in terms of um, my songwriting and performing my own music was when I was performing at Sundance Film Festival. Oh. And this is when I was like 12 or 13. 
And um, it was a really small venue. It was just like a little cafe. Um, but I had the most enthusiastic audience ever <laughs> and they were really into it. And this one lady in the audience was like dancing the whole time. And she yelled encore at some point and just kind of the energy, even at that, even in that small cafe compared to like Madison Square Garden, for example, um, just that small venue made me realize that I really loved performing my own music and sharing my own story with people. Sure. I'm in the Sundance Film Festival. I mean, again, you know, you're, you're in a place where people read about, right? But most people don't ever get to go and you're actually one of the performers there. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, something else fun about Sundance was that that was my first time kind of doing a mini tour in the area. I did like five performances in different places at Sundance. So that was another reason I felt like I was really inspired and I got really into performing. <laughs> And also, I think I want to say, you know, not only the Knicks, didn't you perform at the, the, the Tennis Open, the New York Tennis Open? I did. That was also the national anthem, as well as, um, I believe, one of my songs. I can't remember if it was two. I'm pretty sure it was one, <laughs> one of my songs. So that was also a great experience because I got to sing my own music as well as the anthem. And the, the energy there is pretty high, too. <laughs> yeah, especially before the game. Everyone's really pumped. <laughs> yeah. When you get to, like, the top part of the national anthem, everyone gets very excited. It's like nationalism. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I mean, still, I'm thinking, and of course, it's not something I've ever experienced, but these are moments, again, walking out in the, the Tony Awards yeah. or the Madison Square Garden or the U.S. Open or the, the, the Sundance Film Festival. These are moments that most people will never enjoy. Uh, and, and to be so young and be absorbing that level of, you know, even admiration, I want to say, by, by the crowd and the people surrounding you and to be in uh, locations like that. Wow, what a coup. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, like I've said, I've been very fortunate and um, School of Rock definitely opened a lot of doors for me in terms of performing venues. Um, so the Tony Awards um, was through School of Rock and um, that was really incredible because never would I have imagined that I'd be performing the Tony Awards, <laughs> right? Yeah. especially in, with such a talented cast right there. It was really magical. Do you, do you have a mentor? I mean, is there anybody that you'd say kind of took you under their wing and uh, you're grateful for the advice or you, you know, you, you modeled maybe some of your, your performances from? Um, not like a, nobody like famous, <laughs> I guess. Um, but my mom has definitely been a big source of inspiration for me for a really long time because she's a really hard worker and, um, I mean, she's very talented in music, even though she doesn't do it professionally. So she sings and she plays guitar. Um, she used to play the violin. And she's been very supportive um, of my acting career and also my music career, as well as my dad. So really my family, I guess, has been, have all been very great mentors for me. Um, well, that's so important, yeah. right? It's so important, especially to be so young and, and thrust into the middle of this you know, that kind of the entertainment world, it's really important to have a, a home base that's stable. Definitely, yeah. And I think one of your songs, Power of Love, I think I have that right. I mean, didn't that reach like 21 on the on the Billboard contemporary list? 
Yeah, Power of You. That was Power of um, You. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, that's okay. There's another song that um, I don't know if you were thinking of you. Well, anyway, that one will be released later. But um, Power of You um, is a song that's going to be on my upcoming EP. That was the first song that I released that's going to be part of the EP that will be released um, this month, August 19th. Right. And let's talk about that. I mean, I want, to, I want to talk a little bit about your Christmas song as well, but let's get right into the EP because that's coming out. I mean, any day now, your first, your debut. Right. Yeah, that's really exciting. So it's called Truth or Truth, and it's five of my original songs that are the whole vibe of the EP is kind of very chill. And um, I feel like lyrically, there's a lot in there and it's a lot of storytelling. And I wrote it pretty much all over COVID. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons there's a lot of storytelling in there because I was feeling a lot of different emotions um, during COVID and kind of fantasizing about being with my friends again and things like that. So I really like the EP. So you gave that, you gave a voice to that, which is what many people were, were feeling uh, during that, that period. Yeah. So that's the theme, would you say? I mean, do you have a theme for the for it? I mean, is it is it loneliness, isolation, or just um, is there some is there some recurring theme throughout the songs that kind of link them together? Surprisingly, they're all pretty much happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I guess the overarching theme is kind of um, that there's a lot of honesty in all of the songs. And like Power View is kind of about breaking out of my shell and being able to um, like, like get rid of influences and just kind of go my own way and being unique and stuff like that. Um, such an I, important message, especially to young people. Yeah, because while it's very important to have somebody that you aspire to be or looking up to somebody, it's also important to kind of find your own voice and be your own person as well. So that's kind of what Power View is about. And then I have a few friendship songs in there. And then, yeah, so I guess overall the theme is uh, friendships and then also kind of depending on myself. One of them is called Depend On Me, kind of depending on myself to find my own way. So that's the theme. <laughs> so the, you recorded it. I mean, and you've worked with some major producers. Um you know, to, for, to record a, a lot of your music. Um, and so you recorded that, I assume, during COVID at some point or, or more recently? Um, yeah, it was in the later stage of COVID, I would say. Um, I think I started recording it around December or so or November um, of last year. So just this whole year, I've just kind of been recording them more and more and then releasing them one at a time. And then eventually they'll all come together to be the EP with a new song also being released on August 19th called Depend On Me. Oh, wow. Looking forward to it. I've, I've listened to the music that you have released. And of course, you're very talented. Thank you. Uh, they're beautiful songs. Uh, you said some of them uh, very happy considering the, when you wrote them, <laughs> right? They, yeah. they, have, they have a good feel to them, a very good hook to them. Yeah, a lot of them are about kind of being hopeful about, well, I'll give you an example. So one of them that's on the EP is called Long Way Home. And it's about me getting together with my friends and taking a really long drive home. 
but kind of taking all these twists and turns along the way and not going directly home so we could kind of explore our town and then beyond our town. And that was, I wrote that one just kind of lying on the couch in the middle of COVID and thinking about me getting back together with my friends. Um, so it was definitely a more hopeful look at the pandemic, which was definitely a very isolating time for a lot of people. So that's something I like about the EP. It's hopeful and positive. Now, do you remember getting the news that your song was climbing the, the chart? <laughs> yeah, I had been tracking it. <laughs> so it was, it wasn't like a shock or anything initially, but watching it kind of go up the chart was definitely very encouraging. It made me really happy that people were enjoying it. Yeah, so I mean, there has to be a moment though where you, I would think, climb into the top 50, right? Because you, I think you reached yeah. 21. So there's gotta be a moment in time, even though you're watching it climb, that, that once you go past that, you're in the top 50. I mean, is that like you're running around the house because it's like risky business, you're sliding across the floor and... Yeah, I definitely had the moment where I saw that I was right below one of Taylor Swift's songs and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, definitely for sure. Yeah, I would think there'd be a lot of, you know, a lot of excitement. I mean, you and you're touring now too. Now that you've got the album coming out, have you, you start touring uh, when? I mean, it's coming up. It's got to be soon. I have my first performance uh, on August 13th. So ah, my birthday. <laughs> oh, happy birthday. Happy early birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so that's a great day to start your tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and you're going to be performing across. Can you talk about the tour at all? Or Yeah, know? I'm just performing at various venues um, in New York and then I guess in the northeastern part, hopefully, of the U.S. and possibly other places. Um, it's not completely mapped out yet, but people can stay up to date by going to my website, abdelapiasia.com, and I'll be posting all my tour dates there. Yeah, so, I mean, do you, are you excited? Have you toured before, beyond touring with, like Lee said, Les Mis, or, you know, with, with Broadway shows, uh, have you toured just independently to showcase your own work prior to now? Um, I have played at like a lot of venues um but I haven't gone on an official tour if that makes sense yes um but like a lot of the time during the summer and stuff I'll go to various places but I guess this is my first quote-unquote tour tour <laughs> right so yeah that's exciting really looking forward to it it's exciting sure um now I want to talk just a little bit about you had this amazing Christmas song that came out uh, yeah, thank and, you. Yeah, and they, it, was, it was a beautiful song, uh, and they covered it in like Tiger Beat, right? The when I was a kid, that that magazine was out, and to show you how how long it's been around, uh, <laughs> you know. And they covered a lot of the you know the youthful or the teen uh, interest or the artists that are most interest to young people, um, and they listed your song as like one of the best holiday songs of the year. Uh, I mean. Wow, that had, yeah. that had to feel great. That was definitely an honor. And um, yeah, I really love my Christmas song because um, it's, again, it's very positive. That's kind of the theme with my songs right now, at least. Um, yeah, it, I really liked the Christmas song and I'm hoping to write another Christmas song soon. 
Um, I recorded that one with a producer named Will Hicks, and we did that one remotely, um, which was the first time I'd ever done that. So that was a great experience, and it was really fun to record. And yeah, Christmas Tonight is the name of it. Um, I encourage anybody to, who hasn't heard it, you know, to pick it up. It's, uh, it's a really a great kind of uplifting, you know, good hook kind of a song. Uh, and, and it's gotten a lot of media attention as well. And I mean, you're named with all these other, like you said, you know, I, I, somewhat iconic young pop stars uh, that they're talking about who've recorded, you know, various Christmas songs. So I, I, would, I, I would think that had to be a good feeling, you know, when somebody first brought that to your attention. Definitely, like in magazines and stuff or in websites, when I'm <laughs> when my picture is next to like celebrities that I look up to and musicians that I look up to, it really is just an honor. And again, I'm just like so grateful for it. I, I think I was next to, um, I don't know, I always <laughs> I always like the place in my face because it, it's just so odd when I'm placed next to like Camila Cabello or something. I'm like, how did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Well, again, like you said, quite an honor and, and a, a tribute to the fact that you're getting a lot of attention for your, not only your hard work, but your creative, uh, you know, your, your creative songs that you're putting out into the world. They do have a different feel to them, right? Because even when I was listening to the music, I was trying to, I don't want to say put put it in a box, right? But there's a tendency of saying, you know, is this pop? Is this country? Is this, you know, I mean, you, every, we all, we all tend to look at things and I guess categorize maybe a lot more than we should, uh, right? And it didn't have a traditional box, right? Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't for me. It wasn't just, oh, this is, you know, it, it kind of like incorporates different sounds into it, which I thought was super interesting. Thank you. Yeah, that's always the goal to try and make a different sound. Um, and also to experiment. I feel like I try to experiment a lot with my music. This EP definitely um, sounds kind of similar. Um, like all the songs sound similar to each other. Um, but for the next songs that I'll be releasing, and then also my songs that came before that, I feel like it kind of touches upon a lot of different styles, which I like about it. And that's kind of always been the goal. Um, <laughs> just to release a lot of music that I connect with and hopefully my audience connects with. Like trying to, I've been talking a lot about how like it's great to be next to Camila Cabello and stuff like that. But in the end, that's not really what it's about. It's all about um, telling my story and creating music that I like <laughs> and other people like. And your message, right? As you, you touched upon it earlier, you really are trying to set forth a message of positivity. Mm -hmm which I love. Thank uh, you. I mean, you seem like you're, you're also a very happy, positive person. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know, but I mean, I guess I don't know you when you're sitting in traffic, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely have my share of songs that are on the more sad side, or I have a few angry ones <laughs> coming up. Um, but yeah, for the ones that I've released so far, there's definitely been a positive theme, but I'm really looking forward to releasing music that, um, people can connect with during their different phases in life where they're feeling different emotions. And I would think that's only going to get better for you because you're so young, right? And there's this, uh, there's this body of emotions, you know, that you've experienced up until now, but as you continue living and experiencing more and more and more, I would think that 
the sky's the limit. I mean, as your, you know, your music is going to evolve as you evolve with age and the more you experience. So that's really something I, I think for your audience to look forward to. Yeah. And the messages will definitely kind of change as I grow up and stuff. They already kind of have like my earlier ones. Um, one of them was named, uh, was called Optimist. And that one was very, um, I think that one was pretty successful. Um, and also I really liked that song, um, but it was kind of more of a generic song. Like it wasn't really about anything that like pop artists usually write about, if that makes sense. Like it was about being optimistic and that was really great. And I love it, like I said, um, but these later ones have kind of like deeper messages and they're about friendships and relationships. And I think I'm appreciating that more and more as I songwrite. Do you have a favorite song? I know that's going to be hard, right? Because you love everything you've created, but do you have a favorite song you've created? I have a favorite that hasn't been released yet, so I'm not going to name drop that yet, <laughs> but um, <laughs> people should definitely look out for that. Um, but out of the ones that I've released already, I think my favorite one is Long Way Home, just because... Oh, yeah, I heard it. Yeah, just because it's like very lyrical, I feel like, and I really, I don't know, I really like imagery in songs, so I like it for that reason, also the melody, and I can kind of pinpoint exactly when and why I wrote it, so I like that about it too. Let's talk a little bit about your future. Uh, what do you, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Um... People always ask me that, and my response is always, I have no idea, but... Um, well, I mean, let me let me actually narrow my question, because that is a very broad question. Um, do you... Would you be happy pursuing just songwriting? Do you see yourself moving more and more into st staying with performing? Um, do you see yourself getting into acting or getting onto Broadway? I mean, where... Do, and staying more in broad, where, where is your goal? You know, where are you drawn towards? Yeah. The reason I said I have no idea is because I feel like I have a lot of different interests right now in terms of musical theater and then also songwriting and stuff. Um, but in 10 years, I can, I definitely want to have released um, more albums. I really just love releasing music. And every time I do it, it just kind of gives me a thrill. <laughs> um, so have, like have a larger, I see myself like having a larger fan base who can um, connect with my music and then also possibly um, going back to Broadway and um, working on my performing arts while also doing my songwriting and hopefully on a tour, another tour after this summer and um, the fall. And yeah, just continuing to make music and, um, I don't know, <laughs> somewhere yeah. along those lines. <laughs> well, it's still, it's, I mean, you, ironically, even the things you're pursuing are things you've achieved already, right? You've already been <laughs> part of a Broadway show. You've already got an, e an EP coming out. Um, you've already written and created your own music that's been professionally produced and released. Uh, so, I mean, you've already accomplished a lot of these things, but I understand expanding on them and continuing to you know grow with it uh, I think that's that's exciting 
yeah there's always room for improvement in anything so I'm just looking forward to like developing my craft more and um, figuring out what type of sound I like and again like developing more messages so I'm really excited <laughs> to just release more and more music now tell me when you're not creating yourself what do you listen to um I usually just <laughs> to be honest I just usually like play pop radio whatever is um, popular right now um, but a few artists that I really like are um, Alec Benjamin and Selena Gomez, Conan Gray, kind of that realm which is more indie pop I'd say although they do have some very pop pop songs and also Lauv, um, he's also a really great artist. All of them are very good at um, like I don't know, lyrically, they're very talented and also writing hooks. So I definitely look up to them and aspire to write songs like they do. And you continue with, uh, are you continuing to take lessons in violin and piano? Does that continue now? Yes, yes. I'm still um, practicing all my instruments. And I had this streak at some point where I was practicing four out of my five instruments. I just wasn't practicing ukulele every day, but. Um, four to my five instruments every day and I did that for about six years <laughs> without fail every day without fail wow you've got to love music to do that <laughs> yeah I definitely did it was also kind of like a challenge because I, I remember bringing my instruments on like plane rides I brought it to camp one time that was crazy anyway <laughs> and now do you have a hobbies outside because I mean it seems like this would be all consuming uh, what you're doing in the course of a normal day comparative mm -hmm. to other, what other people are doing in the course of a normal day um, but do you have time to have any other type of hobby yeah I definitely have other hobbies like I'm actually really interested in medicine at the moment as well in addition to songwriting um so I like reading about that and I'm kind of nerdy that way. I feel like I'm pretty academic as opposed to, um, as um, in addition to musical. And um, I also like normal teenage things like hanging out with my friends or like I like soccer and stuff like that. So I definitely have a lot of hobbies, um, but songwriting is definitely the most, um, I guess, my biggest hobby at the moment. Sure. Well, you're so professionally uh, engaged at the moment. You have so many things going on I, that you're kind of forced to for the bulk of your day to be taken up with those kind of enterprises. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't really leave you much time to do anything else. <laughs> but it's good to know that you are trying to make an effort to fit in some other activities because you, you're young. Yeah, no, I am. And songwriting has always, it's never been like a job per se. It's always just kind of been a really fun thing to do and I never find myself in like it's work or like exhausting or anything it's just a really fun way to like um, create stories and write poems basically with melodies do you remember the first time your family uh, you created something and your family went wait like this is good like this isn't like little kid good but just good, good. <laughs> um yeah I do i I feel like my brother is probably my harshest critic in terms of songwriting because my parents um, are always just like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> um, even if it's maybe not incredible, especially when I was younger. Um, but I remember the first time my brother really liked one of my songs and 
um, he actually went around the house. He's older than me. He's six years older than me. Um, he, he went around the house and he was like humming it all day. And he was like, wow, that's actually like a good song. So that was, that was a really proud moment for me. <laughs> sure, right? That moment where you, the family acknowledges, like, this isn't just like little kid good. This is really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So did, did you get to the point where you wanted to start performing? Or did your, did your family, like, I assume they were, they had to have been supportive in helping you take that next step to get professionally involved. Right. So when I was really little, um, like four years old or something, I was doing community theater productions and people in the audience would actually like come up to my parents and tell them that I should try to get an agent and I should um, possibly consider being like a child actress. Um, so I guess that inspired my parents to actually go through with that. <laughs> and I got an agent when I was six and then three auditions later, I booked Les Mis, and it's just kind of been, um, my whole career has kind of been skyrocketing since then. Um, but yeah, they've definitely been very supportive, and it's always kind of been my decision, though, to do it. Like, I always would tell my parents when I was little that I wanted to perform in front of people and do more than just the community theater productions. Okay, so like my last question. Do you have a most memorable moment in your career so far for you? I mean, obviously there's memorable moments in your personal life and uh, I'm not talking about that, but career-wise, is there a moment like it's in here and it's, it's, it's always gonna be burned in, in, the, in the back of my retinas? Oh, that's such a hard question. I feel like I have so many really like fond memories of um, my performing and also theater. Um, well, I already talked about Sundance and kind of that moment where I realized that I really love to perform my own music. Um, but another moment that was really inspiring was, um, or I guess multiple moments when I was in School of Rock and I got to meet a lot of different celebrities because they came to see um, the show. And I got to meet like Jack Black and Barbra Streisand and wow. met Stevie Nicks. And Stevie Nicks was probably one of the most inspiring and the part of the cast performed with her. Um, so that was definitely a really memorable moment because she um, gave us all advice on like how to make it through the music business without it feeling like work and how to just constantly love what you're doing. Um, so I think that would probably be one of my memorable moments <laughs> in my career wow. so far. Amazing. Well, thank you for coming and chatting with me about what you're working on. I hope you'll come back as you continue to create and do new things. I hope you'll continue the dialogue with me and return and keep talking to me about it. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And I'm going to say goodbye from the podcast. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye.